episode 101. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and now international talent agent. Well, he's an American country music artist with a long list of country hits and chart toppers. He lives in the classic tradition of country music. If you've ever liked Conway Twitty, Keith Whitley, Waylon Jennings, George Jones, or Hank, you better strap him up tight for Richard Lynch. you heard the news? There is a brand new musical act out on the airwaves called Mercy. This is something that you have never heard before. It's spiritual. It's the truth unleashed. With scripture delivered by evangelist Christine Mercy, along with drums, guitars, pianos, violins, and vocals from singer-songwriter James Kevin O'Connor. Yes, a little bit of heaven on earth, and just in time. Behold, the brand new single from the forthcoming album, I Am Victorious. Yes, Jesus came, he saw, he taught, he preached, he healed, he suffered unimaginable torture, and not only defeated the evils of Satan, but he won the entire war for the entire world. And as he stated in the song, I'm going home, back to the throne, victorious, it's glorious. I've many rooms in my father's house for all of us. It's glorious. Learn to trust in his name. I Am Victorious, the new single, is out now and available on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. Recorded just weeks ago on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee. Download the single I Am Victorious right now on iTunes, Amazon, and CD Baby. And keep your eyes open for the full album release coming soon. Featuring Come, Bless You, Amen, I'm Afraid, It Is Finished. And yes, the title track, I Am Victorious, available right now. Go to iTunes, CD Baby, or Amazon and download your copy of I Am Victorious today. And keep your eyes and ears open for the new band, Mercy, coming to a venue near you soon. This message is sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. On the Dharmic Evolution today, I'm delighted to have country legend Richard Lynch. Uh, Richard, welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Well, thank you for having me. We sure appreciate being on your show. Yeah, you know, it's great to listen to somebody who has that purity in their music like you do. It's uh, You've got that classic approach that I haven't heard from anybody in quite a while. Um, home for you is uh, Ohio, is that correct? Yes, sir. I live in a little town called Waynesville, Ohio. And for those folks that don't necessarily know where that's at, it's a little bit uh, south of Dayton, Ohio, and about 30 miles north of Cincinnati. So we have a farm down there, and uh, we love the, the country music and the country way of life. That's awesome. And, you know, I understand that you're also a builder in addition to all your other talents. Is that correct? Well, I've been building a long time. Um, been been fortunate to grow up in a household where my dad... Uh, Taught me a lot of things, you know, farming and building and all the different things that, uh, you know, a guy can make a living with. And it taught me how to play guitar and sing. So, uh, yeah, I, I learned a lot from my dad. And I, I grew up, uh, you know, having to work and having to, you know, be responsible. And there's a whole lot of things that uh, he taught me that, you know, I just uh, absolutely love to be able to do. And having a farm, you know, if you got buildings or outbuildings or fences, you know, you always got stuff to do to maintain. And so, yeah, I'm very fortunate that I was... Grew up, I brought up in a household where I could kind of learn all these things. 
Right. So, so for building, like your was your dad? He was a builder traditionally. Is that is that how it how you picked up your skills? Well, yeah. He uh, he always worked for folks and built barns and houses and everything. And so I kind of learned learned how to, how you know dad did things. He would take me to work and show me things. And uh, you know, I, I just was uh, in a have to situation. You know, we were we were all they didn't have all the money and all the different things a lot of folks have. So we were. Um, you know, we just had to do things our own, and uh, I learned a lot by having to be in that situation. And I wouldn't trade that for nothing. It's uh, an amazing, uh, <laughs> it's amazing education if you think look back on it. You know, we learned a whole lot of things. Right? Was he also musical, Richard? Oh my goodness, my dad was an incredible singer, uh, entertainer. Uh, I grew up in that, that old household there in that farmhouse, and uh, in the mornings when I get up, Dad would be in the kitchen drinking coffee, and we'll hear the old radio on the on the kitchen counter. And uh, every morning I'd be be hearing you know the old country songs of the day, uh, and you know my first time uh, ever on a stage, my dad got me up there and uh, and and uh, sang with him. I was eight years old, and I got to be uh, drug up on a stage, and uh, I was. Listened to that good music and got to sing with my dad's band and uh, the crowd was the crowd was pretty uh, you know pretty awesome to me so I was bit pretty early by that country music bug you might say right you know this is a really good time for us to just give everybody a taste of Richard Lynch and this is Daddy's guitar check it out. Some days were good, some days were bad And mom and dad gave us all they had Lord, I'd give anything to see that old farm again And to hear my daddy play his guitar Sing along And mama She'd be cooking Fried taters On the wood stove Oh, how I'd love To go back home years have come and gone but there's hardly a day that I don't ponder on all those memories that made me what I am and now mama's frail and daddy's gone but I know again I'll hear him sing his song on that day when we all go home And I'll hear my daddy play his 
guitar And I'll hear all us kids sing along And Mama, she'd be cooking fried taters on the wood stove To go back home And I'll hear All us kids Sing along And mama She'd be cooking Fried taters On the wood stove this relate to the, our previous conversation? So is this about your dad or is this about you as a father? How, what is this song all about? Well, um, yeah, it was, I wrote it for my dad. One, uh, okay. one morning it was raining and carrying on. I couldn't do much outside and uh, looked over. I was sitting at the kitchen table and I looked over in the living room and there sat my guitar. So I grabbed it and uh, there happened to be a pencil and paper laying there and in, in 15 minutes I kind of wrote a quick story about my life. You know how I you know, grew up on the old farm, and, uh, you know, my dad was such a huge inspiration on me that uh, I just wanted to make sure that I did a song that, you know, was my little tribute to him. Uh, he'd been gone for a few years now, and so there was something that I just felt like I had to share. And when I wrote it, I didn't necessarily write it for, you know, the whole world to hear. I just kind of wrote it for my wife and my mom, and that was going to be the end of it. And my wife convinced me, hey, let's just record it, and, and we'll, we'll always have it. So we recorded it in a local studio at a friend's house. And next thing you know, it's being heard by some other folks and some other folks. And then and uh, I realized that uh, it affected a whole lot of people because, you know, a lot of people think awful highly of their dad naturally. But when they can connect with it, I realized that uh, they connected with it in a similar way. You know, they grew up similar and the agricultural way and musical way. And so I realized it touched a lot of people. And so I'm pretty proud of that song. Yeah, it's it's awesome. You know, there's something about that that kitchen table and the guitar. It's just very inviting at times, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sure was that morning. I'm, you know, I think somebody was shining down on me. You know, I I'm not the world's best songwriter. I I enjoy writing, and uh, you know, I think I'm getting better at it. But uh, that was there was, must have been some kind of a divine inspiration that day, and it kind of it kind of came so easily for me that day. Yeah, it's funny how. Um, you know, we've talked about that same subject on this show many times as far as uh, songwriters just being, we're all this kind of antenna out there. And, and, you know, it's just a blessing to have that in your life that it just it just comes in unannounced. And when it's ready, it, it makes its presence known. You know, we just have to we just have to point and gather, you know, <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, um just being aware of your environment, I get inspired pretty good. I, just to sit down and write, I, yeah, I guess I can do that somewhat. But to be inspired by something or to be 
around something that's so meaningful to you, I think that touches the heart. And, you know, to me, country music is from the heart. So if you can write something that uh, is real and, you know, you have the uh, you have the genuine, you know, sincerity about it, that's where, to me, country music is all about because then you connect with your audience and, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, any guesswork there. It seems to be pretty genuine. Right. Hey, so so let's back up a little bit just to, to the beginning again. So you were eight years old. You got dragged up on stage. And lo and behold, was that the defining moment for you, Richard, when you said, man, this is this is going to be my life. This is so uh, is is that when lightning hit you or was it years later? Well, yeah, I think pretty much, you know, when I was eight years old, I, the first song I sang, I can still remember it. I, I sang an old Buck Owens song, Got a Tiger by the Tail wow. with my dad. And, and the crowd was just so appreciative, ho- hollering, carrying on. And, of course, my dad's name was Woody. And so that's Woody's boy. Listen to Woody's boy. And so, you know, yeah, I was bit pretty early. But you have to understand, I I was influenced long before that, you know, with that good traditional music. And, uh, you know, it was I was so proud of my dad because, you know, as a youngster, I would see him play with people that, you know, around the country. He'd play with Bobby Bear and, and Porter Wagner and the Osborne Brothers and on and on and on, Glenn Campbell. And so I, I knew my dad was pretty special and had a pretty amazing gift. And uh, I appreciated his ability at a very young age. And so I guess when I got on the stage with him, I knew that's something that I wanted to do and kind of be with him. And as years went by, you know, he would... He would travel with me, and uh, we would go thing. He would he would do shows with me around the country, and uh, you know it's kind of gratifying that, and and it's really a great memory to have those memories that me and Dad share because that's something that you know I don't think a lot of folks really have that ability, and I was blessed to have that. That must have been so cool gigging with your father on the road. That must have been great. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. So and, what, so was your first instrument like guitar? Was that was that the first thing for you? You were pulled oh. to that. Oh yeah, I I uh, I, you know I love the guitar and uh, it took a little while to learn it. I really I really wasn't a you know much of a, a guitar player because I just kind of I had to learn how to how to you know just kind of a lot of folks are gifted they pick right up on it. It took me a few years you know so by the time I was thirteen or fourteen I was playing pretty good. Um, you know a lot of guys now these youngsters today at ten are like amazing. So yeah, yeah I wasn't crazy. quite as I wasn't quite that uh, that gifted on the guitar thing. So it took some while to work at it. And and you know it, it, my dad is a wonderful guy, but he's a hands on, sensible kind of guy too. You know he he didn't even he let me play one of his guitars and beat around on it. And then he's seen how it was serious, and the next thing you know he's helping me get a guitar. So you know he was. Uh, huge influence on me and i wouldn't trade the way i was raised for nothing right right do you remember your first guitar what was it the brand oh it was an old yamaha guitar it was a uh i can't remember the the uh the number on it but uh, just an old yamaha guitar did not have the the acoustic pickups or anything so but you know i i uh my mom still has that guitar so it's kind of neat that you can kind of look back and see those different things and old pictures it's you know it's pretty amazing yeah you wanted to be heard you had to hit it loud right you did (laughs) (laughs) hey so tell me about like your first band like when you first like knew that this was your thing like you know how old were you what were the circumstances that you found yourself in to like start playing with other people besides your dad well, uh, I was uh, pretty inspired at an early age, and I realized there's a couple guys around uh, in school there that I had friended, and that were also musically, uh, you know, musically oriented. A guy named Tim Halsey. He was, I think, we were both 13 or 14 years old, 
And uh, he played guitar, and um, he showed me a lot of things, and I learned a lot of things from him. And another guy named Phil Perry played bass. So there was a little three-piece um, trio that we were playing, you know, weddings and different things and, and uh, little things around our area. Uh, and then we found a drummer that would, that would uh, join in with us. And so we kind of, at a young age, we were playing, you know, a couple nights a week. And then by high school, we were playing, you know, three, maybe even four nights a week and going to school and all my farm chores. So we were pretty busy, but we loved that music. And it's just something that, uh, it's something that I, I really felt like I was called to do. I, you know, I, I loved it more than anything, but it felt like it was something natural for me. So you've ma- you've managed to keep your your career going, your building going. You, you've managed to managed to keep everything intact in your life, which is uh, which is quite a blessing to have all of this um, and be able to do all of this. Any any of your childhood friends still gigging with you by any chance? Well, um, yeah, you know the, the bass player that I currently work with. His name is John Haney. Um, we met at a young age. Uh, he's been with me for almost 30 some years and, um, and, you know, he's been with me for all this time. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of folks that we will see in and around our area that former players that I played with in the band and, and they're all real, real receptive as to what we're doing. And they'll call and make comments. Hey, we saw you here. We saw you there. Uh, we've seen you on the radio. We heard you on the radio, seen you on TV. So, you know, we kind of keep a close knit with a lot of the folks that, you know, I've been associated with, you know, the, the music thing has taken off to the point where it's really hard for me to, uh, you know, work and conduct the barn business. Uh, it's got to where I just do a, a little bit of that now. And, uh, uh, and the farm takes an awful lot of my time. You know, we, we grow hay and have horses and donkeys. And so, you know, you, you, when we're gone on the road, we have to have people that, you know, kind of look out for us and make sure all the critters get fed and watered. So we're pretty fortunate to have a lot of friends who help us out. Or otherwise, we'd, we'd, you know, we'd, we'd have to give up something. So we're really fortunate in the situation we're at now. Yeah, so you're, you're out in the heartland. So that must be like a, a great um, catalyst of inspiration for you, Richard, as far as songwriting, being out in the kind of out in the country and, and living on the land yeah it can be you know there's there's nothing better for me in the morning if i get up and you know that after if i've cut a field of hay the night before and you get up in the morning and you walk out and you smell that that awesome sweet alfalfa and and orchard grass curing to me that for a country boy there's not a better smell on earth and you know when you uh when you can live the kind of life that you love and you write the music that you love, uh, man, that's a pretty good life, I have to admit. Yeah, you know, I was I was kind of struck when when I saw the um, when I saw the podcast schedule come through with an eight o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time start time. I'm like. What's this man must be a farmer or he just <laughs> loves mornings because very few musicians, as you know, love mornings. Well, they love going to bed in the morning, but not getting yeah. up in the morning. So this is a good time to play. I like my country music. Yeah. That ain't country. Escargo, heavy Dollar drinks and martini bars Sitting in traffic Going nowhere Killing myself in this big city air I had enough of this Highfalutin life I'm going where they got what I like My beer, ice cold My steaks are well done My favorite fishing hole And 
do some Juggling with my buddies with some Monday night Is at my fingertips Good fried chicken is hard to find Among the concrete trees Reaching the sky Disco lights don't appeal to me You can have that I'll tell you what I need My beer ice cold My steaks are well done My favorite fishing hole And getting some Chugging with my buddies With some Monday night Steaks are well done, my favorite fishing hole getting some Chugging with my buddies with some Monday night NFL Every now and then I like a barroom pie Picking my guitar by campfire light I like my little honey in her daisy dukes When they go to stepping in a cowboy boots I like a little dirt on everything I do I like my music country, stating the title the way it was intended. That was cool. You know, hey, Richard, I love the way you turned that into like a shuffle at the end of the song. Take us into the studio on this one, would you? Well, um, when I recorded that song right there, we uh, I was in the studio with a guy named uh, Billy Yates. Billy, Billy wrote that particular song, and he produced our current album, A Better Place album. And to be in a, a world-class studio in Nashville, Tennessee, with some of the best pickers in the entire industry, wow. I, I knew that I had to have my A game on because I was around some of the best. So to be around that environment and to be in that studio and to play the kind of music that I want to play, and by that I mean the traditional sounding of music, it's it was such a uh, inspiration. It was such a a lot of fun, and you know I got to be involved in that entire process, not just you know the vocal end of it, which is my end of it, to learn 
uh, all the different things and all the little tricks and, all, and meet all the wonderful musicians. Man, what a yeah! <laughs> it was a blast. Wow, were you on Music Row? Is that where you guys recorded? Uh, no, was not was that wasn't on Music Row. That was on the other side of town. A studio okay. called Beard Studio, okay. and uh, I mean, it's just an amazing event. The guy was he's second to none. I mean, he didn't have a major label per se, but he's worked with all the major label artists. Um, right, and it was Billy Aids. How do you Billy spell Aids? Aids. Yeah. How do you spell his last name? Y-A-T-E-S. Oh, oh, got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, you could tell right off the bat, it was like, these guys are no slouches. From the opening note, you know, it was just like, wow, this is really great stuff. Thank you. You know, Billy is a world-renowned uh, songwriter. He wrote uh, uh, I Don't Need Your Rockin' Chair for George Jones, and he wrote Choices for George Jones. I think he's had 70... Uh, charted songs in his career of writing. Wow! Uh, yes, such a such a, uh, a a great entertainer himself. And uh, you know when he decided that uh, and he would produce our current album, I was blown away because uh, you know when you when you deal with people of that caliber and of that much talent, you know it's uh, you know you hope that you know, I'd like to think that your outcome is going to be spectacular. And I think it was pretty good. Hey, I hope you guys are digging this fascinating interview with Richard Lynch. Just a moment here for something merciful. You know, in today's world, most people are struggling with something. It may be someone in your life who has a serious illness, a family member who has been incarcerated, death of a loved one, job loss, or one of the many, many challenges we find ourselves immersed in. There is good news, however. Please go to evangelistmercy.com and you will have the opportunity to sign up for the Mercy Prayer page. Yes, Evangelist Mercy will offer prayers to the Father personally for you and your situation. You know, prayer is one of the most powerful and most misunderstood means of asking for blessings of the Lord. And today, we all need it more than ever. In 1989, Evangelist Mercy suffered from meningitis from the great pandemic flu attack that hit the United Kingdom. She was pronounced dead and taken to the morgue. But the Lord had other plans for her. He anointed her with a very special mission and sent her back to speak, preach, and teach His Word and to share her gifts with you and I. This she has been doing for years in places like India, Europe, and the U.S., ministering to the sick and dying, healing and helping all those in need that she comes across. If you would like the benefit of personal prayers from Evangelist Mercy to help you and your loved ones, type into your browser right now, evangelistmercy.com, and open up a brand new opportunity for yourself. Start learning and benefiting from the power of prayer right now at evangelistmercy.com. Yeah, you know, it's it's something about it being down in that town, too, because I also record down there on Music Row, and it's like every time I go down, it's like, you know, you never know exactly what the outcome is going to be, but it's and it's always surprising to the, to the good side. It's always yeah. surprisingly like, I didn't know this turn was going to happen here, this change of events, you know. <laughs> uh, and and it, it's, like you said, it's the quality of the musicians that are just everywhere in Nashville that are just amazing. It is. And, you know, the, the guys that I play with are incredible musicians. And, uh, I mean, uh, it, but, you know, when you're in a studio, they, uh, they hand you, the, the guys, the, the musicians, a chart. They hear the song one time from a demo, and usually within one or two takes, 
the song is absolutely amazing what their end of it is and to be around that you know we would you know our our, our band our band would might take it you know four five six eight times to get it right so when you play with people like that there it's just an amazing event to watch this magic happen and it was such a such a such a entertaining and uh enlightening experience yeah they're you know they're they're the same as uh guys who raise barns in other part of the country they just like they know they know the blueprints they have it in front of them it's like no problem man we'll have this up by sunset <laughs> oh yeah i, I kind of relate where you're going there i get yeah. that <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Hey, so let's talk about the gigging scene too, because you know you you uh, you referenced earlier that you're you know you're doing less and less of the building because of um, the music is just cooking right now. It is, and and you seem you know I saw your schedule really busy, man. Got a lot of great things going on. So um, so do you do your own bookings? Do you have people helping you with that? Because I know the road it can be very demanding at times. So so take us into that world. Share with us if you will. Uh, about how the how the gigging comes about and where you guys end up. Well, I'm really fortunate. My uh, my wife, she is the brains of this operation, and people laugh when they say that. I said, well, if you meet her, you'll understand. She is she is my biggest fan, and she absolutely has uh, taken taken me places that probably I would have never gone before. And we have a pretty amazing. Um, a management team, uh, Twain Thing Music, Randy Hayford, and my, between him and my wife, and a few other folks, folks that we deal with. What's your What's your country. lady's name? My wife's name is Donna. Donna Lynch. Donna, and hats off to you, Donna. Uh, <laughs> Richard wouldn't do it without you. You're a blessed man, Richard. I I absolutely am. And uh, when we had this conversation, and we seen that there was a whole lot of interest in what we were doing. You know, we started playing in Texas and uh, Minnesota and Michigan and Tennessee and all over the daggone country. Right. You know, and all of a sudden, we you know we're getting these gigs and stuff all over the place. And I told her, I said, now listen, you know, understand one thing. If you don't go, I don't go. So right. <laughs> we have a we have a pretty amazing uh, relationship, and um, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't even try to do it without her. She's a great lady. She's she's the reason we're having the success we're having. She believed in me for many many years, and uh, and and it's nice to be able to live a dream and and uh, see you know for the for the best part for the most part our dreams are coming true many times over. Wow. So so let me ask you this. The, the road must agree with the both of you. It must be pretty cool for both of you to be on the road, no? It is. And, you, yeah. know, you know, people say, do you get tired of it? Well, you know, there's it's not exactly a, a, a pleasantry to be in a bus for 18 or 20 hours. But right. if you're but if you get there and you love what you do and the people love what you do, uh, I, I can't think of a, anything any better to, <laughs> to spend your time to do. Uh, it's just an amazing life. It's an amazing thing. And, and the people are really hungry. It seems wherever we play, the people seem to be really, really hungry for the traditional traditional country music. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, it's like... Um, People come up to me. It's like a breath of fresh air. Where, where, where can we get this? We didn't realize this was still going on, and and we just keep building and building this uh, this thing that we're doing. Man, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, you know, you you with the hook into the traditional country music. You know, I don't think people ever get sick of that. And, and as a matter of fact, you mentioned Texas. I could see where you could go to Texas and never leave. The people would probably just be like, you know, as big as it is and as steeped into traditional country music. Uh, I I could see you guys just going going over huge down there. 
that has been uh, that has been the case. We, we are currently going to be booked uh, uh, half of January and all of February in uh, in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas this coming year in 2017. So this then a few months from now. So yeah, Texas has been really good to us, and we've worked. Um, you know, uh, we've worked Dallas and Fort Worth. And the the people down there they they want to hear the real stuff and uh, yeah we kind of relate with them and that's not to not to say that we don't relate with other folks around the country you know that's just a it just seems like they're really prominent and they they really want their music country in, in Texas right right you know so so the the scene is this we're we're never gonna see Richard Lynch again except in Texas because they're not gonna let you leave <laughs> <laughs> well if you look at my calendar there's a lot of there's a lot of places we're playing the Georgia State Fair we're playing all over Ohio Kentucky Indiana Michigan uh you know Minnesota Iowa it's it's really been a it's been a whirlwind for me God you, bless you, you man. I wouldn't trade it for nothing it's just something we love yeah yeah it's great it's great to have those blessings because you're you're in the you're in the zone that you belong in man you're you're you know you've done this your whole life so uh so so why not people need to hear this kind of music hey i want to ask you about your take on the current state of country music not quite the traditional but how it has been um you know, we've got this hybrid going on for, for quite a few years now of, you know, the the new rock stars are the Kenny Chesneys. They're the new Eric Clapton's and guys like that who are, um, you know, who are doing uh, or, or, you know, the guitar hero type of guys. Um, uh, they've kind of taken center stage of the old guard that was the, you know, the 70s, 80s and 90s. It seems like country music has has shuffled and changed and grown and it's now interwoven with rock and some people are are you know the the diehards are upset about it what's your take on it what do you feel about guys like florida georgia line and and things like that well you know i i I don't despair anybody's success uh and, and if you really analyze it the reason I'm having so much success with this traditional sound is because people really are clamoring for a really country sound. Uh, you know, everything is reciprocal. You know, everything goes through time periods. Uh, I, I think, and, and maybe it's just wishful thinking, but I think, you know, the more traditional uh, sound will be coming back uh, as far as mainstream because, you know, there's the people that really have loved traditional country music and called themselves country fans for, you know, all their lives, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. They, they, they accept the newer stuff to a certain degree, but they don't want to be left out with their traditional music. And by that, I mean, if they can hear a, a, a new country song and it feels like something they heard from days gone by, you know, a George Jones type of feel, a Merle Haggard type of feel song, a Conway Twitty type of feel, all of a sudden their eyes perk perk up and I I see people over there talking like, oh my goodness, we didn't think this existed anymore. And so, yeah, the need for traditional sound out there is more apparent now than ever. And and I'm I'm proof positive, you know, if you look at what we're playing and all the the charts that we're on and all the different things, the success we're having, heck, we're even doing a couple TV shows today. So, you know, I see and I feel that the traditional sound is going to come back more in a mainstream, uh, uh, more of a mainstream approach here in the near future. I I think it has to. Yeah, you know, I also believe that uh, the audience, the live audience scene is, I think, wider 
generationally now than it ever has been. I was at this uh, this event, and it's a local event, and it was an outdoor park free concert, and I, I just walked through, and, and the band was playing kind of um, sort of, I guess, in the rock genre, not heavy, but just, you know, very into, I'm sorry, it was blues. So uh, they're playing blues, and I'm checking out the audience, and the ages were just from, you know, 10 years old to 80s. People right. in lawn chairs. It was just, you know, there are no barriers anymore. It's like people love music. And, you know, if they're being entertained with quality music, the place was filled and nobody was leaving. So I, I kind of take some comfort in that, that, uh, that you know, music just reaches across all, all generations, all ethnicities. There's something for everybody. I agree. It's well said. You know, in our shows and, and around the, uh, the places we play, we're seeing more and more young folks. As a matter of fact, we have a young lady back home. Uh, her name is Alyssa Oder, and we're really proud of her. We, she just turned 21 years old, got her on our shows singing. I mean, she's got that great traditional sound. Um, you know, it's nice to see the young folks hear that and want to be around that traditional sound and and, and, you know that's the future of country music if the young folks hear it and see it and they connect with it then the next thing you know they're sharing it and uh, it's just a great experience a lot of folks today the young folks don't necessarily have the ability to be influenced by the traditional sound and and so when they are they're like wow what what is this where, where can we get this so, right right you know it's really it's really neat to be around it and see this evolve yeah it's like did you guys just invent this music I, yeah. i've never heard this before you know hey. you may be, that's really close to what they're thinking yeah so let's do another one this is called it's all in my head Richard Lynch. Something's come between me and you We don't sit and talk the way we used to You say I'm making up these feelings that I feel Well, darling, if they're make-believe, why do they feel so real? If it's all in my head, why is it breaking my heart? If it's all in my mind, why am I falling apart? A genius And I don't claim To be that smart But if it's all In my head Why is it Breaking My heart There's nothing wrong 
Cause things just ain't been right For way too long Every time I try to touch you You just pull away This ain't the way love grows No matter what you say If it's hard in my head Why is it breaking my heart? If it's hard in my mind Why am I falling apart? I know I'm not a genius And I don't claim Killer man, that had Nashville all over it. <laughs> what, was that recorded in Nashville? Yeah, they're at Beard Studio. They're at uh, Larry Beard Studio. What a what a great studio! And, you know, when you hear the crying steel guitar, uh, you know you don't really hear any of that today in today's country music. So that takes you back to an era of you know the, the tr- tr- traditional, the actual love of the the country traditional sound. Um, you know that steel guitar is really prevalent in in my band. I got a steel guitar player that that really really knows his business. And uh, <laughs> when you hear a song like that and it gives you goosebumps, you know you're on the right track. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Who's on that pedal steel? Because that man, that was really awesome. Uh, Mr. Sanders uh, on on that steel guitar, and uh, he was super super uh, picker in Nashville, Tennessee. So. What a guy. Yeah, that, that was really killer. I love that track. So tell me, Richard, tell me about you as a singer. You know, who are the influences, the people you listened to in your youth growing up that, that helped form the styles and the uh, the approach that is now Richard Lynch? Well, you know, I grew up, I mentioned earlier, listen, that getting up and going in the kitchen and hearing that traditional sound on the radio. People that have influenced me more than anything was uh, people like Conway Twitty and, and Keith Whitley and uh, a guy named Mel Street that was huge in the 70s. And, uh, you know, those those songs and those singers um, had such a power, powerful voice and a uh, heartfelt uh, compassion to their music. You know, when you heard it, you just were captured by it. And I, I just, I like to have a song, when I play a song, that the people hear the song, and they, they are caught, and they're captured, and they're they're in this this message that I'm singing. And, you know, and country music really has a great message. You know, it, it talks about, you know, great times, sad times, hard times. It talks about things that's really matter in people's lives and you know when a songwriter writes a song 
uh, a lot of times they write it for themselves, but the magical thing about country music is that they connect with so many people, and that's the direction I've always wanted to go, just something that meant something and uh, changed somebody's life, or at least they got to be affected for a few minutes in that music. Right, right. So so you're sharing your life, but, but in most cases, people can relate to the story so well that they find themselves in that story. Very well said. And, you know, that's always captured me. And, and the deliverer of that music, you know, Conway Twitty, my goodness, that that gentleman could sing Mary Had a Little, Little Lamb and just, <laughs> you, you're a believer, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So just just the the the, the capability of these inter- incredible entertainers. I got to do a show with Keith Whitley um, years ago before he passed, of course, and uh, uh, I you know I was so blown away by his just natural raw talent. And, and you know when you're when you're around you know that greatness, I, I like to think part of it rubs off. So I was right. around it a little bit. <laughs> well, it has, it has, man. You've got that pure style. It's really like I, I went through. Like I have a lot of your tracks here, and I, you know I just love them all. And you know you kept such good company with people like that, like George Jones. I heard something. Uh, just a couple months ago about like how many hits he had I almost fell off my chair i mean so the entire world can't be wrong i mean people are embracing and gravitating toward that type of music because again they they find him talking and singing about their lives a very special thing absolutely you mentioned george jones i, I i'm blown away um we have a current song that's just amazing doing so well in the in the different charts it's being played around the world in 32 countries the song is a title track of our current cd it's called a better place and the the comments that i get is absolutely amazing people tell me my goodness, when I hear this song, I think of George Jones. I think of a song called He Stopped Loving Her Today. And when when people compare what I am doing with somebody like George Jones, I am blown away. And I don't want the listeners to think that I'm comparing myself to George Jones. I, I know better. But when, when, they, when people compare me to something of that caliber and that everlasting legend, I, you know, that tells me that maybe I'm on the right track here. Right, right. No, it's it's a great compliment because, um, you know, that that is their way of connecting to you and saying, listen, I, I love what you're doing. And, uh, you know, you're uh, you're now going to be part of the fabric of my soundtrack in my mind. You, you're going to be in there with George Jones. So that's a cool compliment. I love having that. Hey, um, let me ask you this. About um, you touring, you have Donna helping you and everything. So how did you guys, did you guys have like a master plan on your career or did it just organically continue to grow? And and I'm asking this on behalf of a lot of the younger artists who are trying, uh, working hard, desperately trying to figure out this new music business uh, that we find ourselves in. Um, words of wisdom, some pearls for, for those who are trying to aspire and get their craft and their artistry out there. Can you give us some tips on that? Well, I can. Um, you know, my wife, I met my wife um, where I was playing music. I, I, in, you know, I was playing four or five, six nights a week for many, many, many years in the Dayton, Cincinnati area. And, uh, you know, we, you, you know, I had the ability, luckily, to hone in uh, the craft that I do. You know, if you don't, if you can continually do it, then, of course, you're going to get better at it. So I'm fortunate in the sense that I had all those years to, you know, be better and learn my own style and come to grips with what I wanted to do. 
Um, and then we were, she decided, you know, after we've, uh, you know, we've been together for a while, you know, we really need to get this recorded. So for the li- young folks out there listening, you know, uh, I guess they think that, you know, next week or next month is a long way off. Be patient. Learn your craft. Learn how to come to grips with what you are. And, and they're going to always hear no, you can't do this and you can't do that. But find where you are. Find what you believe in. Take the direction that I'm going to do this. And it might not be for, who knows, five years, ten years, but you're a young person. And if you have that dedication and that direction, believe in yourself. Don't take no for an answer. Find people that surround surround yourself with those people that will believe in you. And you'd be amazed the kind of success and direction you will have. And I am proof positive of it. That is awesome. Great, great pearls there. Thank you for that, Richard. And let's celebrate and find out why did God make Oklahoma? (laughs) There's a full moon over Tulsa. I hope that it's shining on you. The nights are getting colder. In Cherokee County, there's a blue norther passing through. I remember green eyes and a rancher's daughter, but remember is all that I do. Losing you left a pretty good cowboy with nothing to hold on to. Sundown came and Yeah. 
the reason God made Oklahoma. What a great track that was, man. Where did that come from? Obviously, Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, uh, in 1982, that song was released by David Frizzell and Shelly West, and they had a number one hit with that song, and it was actually in a Clint Eastwood movie. So that song was always, uh, you know, a, a song that I loved and loved to be around, and uh, David Frizzell has become a friend of mine and my wife's, and we've done shows with him around the country, and we even did a couple shows with him in uh, Ireland, uh, across the pond here. And David uh, was gracious enough to do a part with me um, on that particular uh, CD, on that album right there, on the, when we did got in the album and uh, recorded that song, You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma. So uh, the lady's name that's singing the part is Stacy Houston. And uh, she's a talented lady. Of course, you can hear her sing, and she works a lot with David Frizzell. And so it was a great experience to be around that and to be around somebody of that caliber. And for them to grace the album with me, I was so flattered. Awesome. What um, what movie was uh, this in with Clint? I, I think it's Any Which Way You Can or Every Which Way But Loose. Oh, okay. I which one that is. Yeah, that, that seems to have the flavor. Yeah, great song. I loved all the different voices that popped up in there. What what a nice surprise. Yeah, you know, that was a, that was a really great track. A lot of fun to do that. And like I say, you know, those those great artists was gracious enough to come on my uh, album and, and be on my album with me. And, you know, that that has really done a lot of things for me. And uh, it's been it's been a great track for me. Great. Hey, I wanted to ask you about your writing process, Richard. What's your favorite go-to thing? I'm going to guess guitar, but any special, um, any special moods, setups, schedules for writing? Just when inspiration hits, you know, take us into your world as far as your creativity, how it how it hits you, and uh, when is the best time? Well, I'm one of these guys that. You know, when a, a song is kind of floating around out there, you got to beat it in my head. I mean, I'm like, okay, I, I like this, I like this. So then, finally, I will stop and drop and sit down because, uh, you know, I find myself going in multiple directions. And so when I realize, hey, there's a song right here, I will finally stop, grab my guitar, a pen and paper, and you know, that's where you, you, this this particular song comes from. We have. I just currently wrote a song. Um, for some folks in Michigan that want a foundation together to save the old barns, the old hand-hewed barns. And so me and a friend of mine wrote a song here currently, and, you know, it's something I could connect with being on a farm and growing up around that. So we're really proud of this current song that we have just wrote. But, you know, it, you know, I like to be around things that inspire me. I want to be around something that I connect with. Therefore, I, when I write, I'm telling the truth, and it's believable. So you got, it's got to be believable. Right, right, got it. So, so what's your uh, what's your favorite instrument? Like to write on guitar? You oh yeah, I got I yeah. got to have my old guitar in front of me, and yeah, and uh, you know, there's something that uh, there's something that in, even in the guitar, because as a kid, you know, I'm I, I, I was always loving that big E sound, that big six string sound, and you, I got a big D twenty eight Martin, and when you hit that E sound, it sounds like it's uh, you know, in some big auditorium, it just something magical about that guitar. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, we're coming to the end now, and this was really, really awesome. We could go another hour, I'm sure. Um, but listen, I want to get to the best place to send people to support you. Go to your concerts, purchase your music. How can we support Richard Lynch? 
Well, go to www.richardlynchband.com, and it, it will take you to all the uh, various social media places. You'll see all our our contacts, all our concerts around the country. You will see all the various places to purchase our music and our uh, merchandise. And for the folks that get out there, you mentioned the folks out there, there is nothing better for me to uh, have some walk up to me. And, uh, you know, I heard you here. I heard you there. I really enjoy meeting people and shaking her hand, hugging her neck. And there's nothing better for me to meet the folks out there that love this country music. And a special thanks to you, James, for letting me be on your show. Because without folks like you, you know, I wouldn't have the opportunity that I'm having. And so I want you to know I'm very appreciative of all the stuff that you and the folks like you do for me. Well, that's that's my honor and pleasure, Richard. This was really awesome. I love your music. I love your approach. And uh you're the real deal, my friend. So, um, you know, we're, we're connected on Facebook now. So everybody, please support Richard and his music, his band. Check him out. He's playing live all the time. Don't miss this. And, Richard, it was really a pleasure to have you on the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you, sir. We'll cross paths again. Do you ever wonder why you were created and what you're here to do? Then the geography of the soul will help you to find your true place in this world. The music is so inspirational, including tracks such as I Want to Be Loved, State of Grace, and Ride On. James Kevin O'Connor is an internationally acclaimed singer, songwriter, music producer, entertainment agent, and a loving father who leads you to find your true place and calms your mind and soul in breathtaking ways. Buy Geography of the Soul today by James Kevin O'Connor at iTunes, CD Baby, Amazon, jameskevinoconnor.com and evangelistmercy.com Geography of the Soul, the beautiful CD that you need to own today. By James Kevin O'Connor. Sponsored by the James O'Connor Agency. Daddy's Guitar. I like my music country. It's all in my head. You're the reason God made Oklahoma. The very traditional and talented Richard Lynch. You can check him out on the Dharmic Evolution website. And we're now in 55 countries and growing strong. And we are very close to launching our very own radio TV satellite network that will put this show into 198 countries very soon. Yes, it's all happening via the James O'Connor Agency, an international talent agency designed to broadcast your global career. Stay tuned for all that and all the details that are coming up. You can now visit the site and find out about the exciting work we're doing around the world, go to thejamesoconneragency.com or go over to dharmicevolution.com to check out your show and blog profile right now. If you've been on the show, you are on that site and people from 55 countries are logging in to see you. Hey, that's it for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio video artist, master storyteller, and now international talent agent broadcasting your global career. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? 
Take a ride with me. 